2 Samuel this morning. In your Bible, 2 Samuel chapter number 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. I say it all the time, but I say it because I mean it. I'm thankful for the music here at Riverside Baptist Church. I'm very thankful for the talent that God has sent here and for those that are willing to use their talent. Uh, not only in the music department, many other places, but very thankful for the godly music here at Riverside Baptist Church and all the people that put effort into keeping it that way. Second Samuel chapter 23, and look at verse number 8. We'll get right on into the word. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino, the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800, whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo the Aohite, one of the three mighty men of, with David, when they defied the Philistines that were, were there, gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Heraite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. And slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. If you'll leave your Bible open there, we're going to look at a, just a couple other verses on down in this, in this passage uh, as we get on into the message. But I titled the message this morning, How to Make America Great Again. How to Make America Great Again. Let's pray. We'll get going. Father, I'm thankful for the service thus far. What a blessing it has been. I am thankful, Lord, that you're a great God that cares about us, and you care about our nation. And, and Lord, you, you, you want us to be strong. You, you want us to be Christians that are willing to stand up for what is right. And, Father, I pray you'd use the message this morning to challenge us and help us. And, Father, I thank you that, you're, you that you are well able to speak to hearts. And, again, I ask, if there is someone here that is not saved if they've never trusted Christ that you would convince them that that is their greatest need right now in their life father help and bless us give us power to preach lord liberty and i need clarity of thought and speech we're trusting you for those things and ask it all in jesus christ's name amen and amen thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word of god and please do be seated we know there are those out there that are promising to make america great a great make America great again, which I'm not against at all. I, I'm telling you, more jobs, lower taxes, lower gas prices, and, and, and such, they're all great things. I'm, I'm for it, I guarantee you. But that's not what will make America great again. You know, humanism has pretty much taken over our schools and even our government. Uh, the question to be decided is, who will determine... Who will determine what is right and what is wrong? Because humanism says the individual, it says this, the individual has the right and the responsibility to determine for himself that which is right and wrong. If it is wrong for you, then don't do it. 
But don't try to make me go by your feelings on right and wrong. There is no influential criteria involved. Now let me just say very openly, that is incorrect. We do have influential criteria and it's called the Bible. God's holy word. So let God be true and every man a liar. I want God to guide us. God is why this nation has stood for the years that it has stood. And he will continue to bless us if we are willing to do things his way. The only thing really that's going to save America, make America really great again, is for some shamas and some adinos to rise up and fight for that which is right. To stand for that which is true. See, the Philistines came to Shaman and they said, you can't, you can't raise a garden right here. You can't, can't plant a garden right here. And, and, and it was the people's right to plant their garden. But it, as always, God-haters wanted to tell them that what they could do or what they could not do. And if we're not careful, tomorrow they'll be telling us we can't homeschool our children. They'll be telling us we can't send them to a Christian school. Or they'll be telling us we can't run buses on Sunday and bring, bring people to church. Or, or that we can't have vacation Bible school and be t- teaching kids about Jesus. There are some states even right now that they're trying to license Sunday schools in some churches. And if that happens, I mean, what Bible do you think that they're going to be allowed to use? I guarantee you not this old King James Bible because it's not politically correct enough for that crowd. Shama may have said, and this is what we had better say if they come to shut us down. You Philistines think you can run everything, but you better back up because there's fixing to be a fight. We're fixing to stand up for what's right. In the text that we see, uh, in this text we see three men who made an individual stand for God and for their country. And it was spared. Things went well. I'm sure you noticed the, verse, uh, the words there in verses 10 and verse number 12. And the Lord, the Lord wrought a great victory. Now, if we do not have more Christians from congregations of our fundamental Baptist churches across the United States of America stand up and say, I'll fight for our rights and I'll fight for our country, then we're going to lose them soon. It, they're coming for us. Uh, They want to shut us down. They want to keep us from doing the right thing. These three men stood, and as a result, as a result, as a result, the Lord wrought a great victory. So what was it that caused them to be so victorious? We're going to look at a few things here this morning. It, It seems that they were disciplined in their desires. See, their desire was to do the will of their master there at that time. 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 15 The Bible says, And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but he poured it unto the Lord. So David's desire became these men's command. Where are you going with this preacher? Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Our master. No, no, for a say by the grace of God, he's to be our master. He's to be our Lord. 
He is to direct our lives. He's to, to direct our steps. He is to guide us in the way that we are supposed to go. And God wants somebody to jump in and fill the gap. I guarantee you that's right. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And I'm telling you, they're getting to be fewer, fewer and fewer far between. It's time that we rose up and stood for what's right. It's time that we did what the things that we need to do to show that these different crowds that are trying to influence us to the point of destroying the United States of America, that we're not going to put up with it anymore. That we're going to be a voice to be reckoned with. Uh, that we are going to stand up for what is right. Uh, that we're not going to let, us, let them run over us. Uh, that we're not, we're, not going to let them, uh, we're not going to let them convince us that perverse lifestyles are just normal and natural. They're not normal and they're not natural. We're not going to let them decide who, who trains our children. Children are a gift from the Lord to a parent that they might be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We've got to decide we're going to do what's right. We've got to decide that we will stand up. God wants someone to jump up and, and fulfill the great commission. Look, they wanted to win. These men, they wanted to win. There were insurmountable odds against them. 800 soldiers, it says there in verse number 8. And it talks about the Philistine army in verse number 9. You know, 95% of the people that you and I pass by every day are lost. Oh, I'll go ahead and say it again. 95% of the people that you and I pass by every day are lost. They do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we seem to forget at times that people still go to hell. No, hell's not full. It has enlarged itself. And people that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will die and they will go to an eternal hell. And No, 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 no. Hell is not the, mm, hell is not the wrong side of the tracks in heaven. It's not just a lesser place. It's a real place. It's a place of torment. It's a place of punishment. It's a, it's a place of, of fire and brimstone and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. A, a place where the worm dieth not. I'm telling you, it's a very real place. A lot of churches have tried to do away with it. A lot of churches are scared to death to ever even mention it. Lest they run people off. But it's a place that people need to be warned about. Because if they do not know Christ as their Savior, they will end up there one day. Look, people die and go to hell every day. So I'm standing up saying, what are we doing to keep at least one person from ending up there? Okay, let me make it personal. What are you doing to make sure that at least one person does not end up there? At least one. A loved one, a close friend, a family member, someone you work with, whatever the case may be, they need to know about Jesus, don't they? And we want to be so embarrassed. Well, I just can't talk to them about Jesus. Jesus died for you. He hung naked before the whole world and took the sins of the whole world upon his body for you. And you don't want to speak up for him? You don't want to warn people about hell? I mean, mercy's sakes alive. We need to be doing something we all need to be doing something to keep at least one person out of hell. Sure. Physical pain didn't stop these guys. No, 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 no. No weariness. It says that his hand was weary there in verse number 10. 
uh, that he, he wielded that sword and his hand was weary. You know, too many people today are stopped by a, a headache or because they're just too tired to go to church. Or, or, you know, uh, they're just, just, you know, I just, I just, you know, I'm just too tired to work in that ministry. And, and you know, I really don't want to be put out, you know, to take my kids to camp. Mercy sakes alive. When are we going to decide to put God first in our lives again? He is supposed to be first in everything we do. He's supposed to be first in our life. We're supposed to be working hard to make sure that he's first in our family's life. When are we going to decide that he is the most important thing in our life again? That it's not about all recreation and pleasure and what I want to do and how I feel about things. No, no, no. It's about what he would have us to do. These men, they didn't let their anxieties stand in their way. I mean, very apparently they saw the size of the Philistine army. And I, I, there was probably some fear in their hearts. Oh, yeah, but they didn't let that stop them from doing what was right. It just blows my mind that Christians are afraid to knock on a door and invite people to church. They're afraid to tell people about Jesus Christ. Their anxieties, I just, my anxieties are afraid to testify or witness for the name of Christ. It's absolutely nuts. Come on, we let the littlest thing stop us from talking to people about Jesus Christ. We let the littlest thing stop us from living a life for God in front of other people. Mercy, it's time for us to stand up again. Come on, it was, it's because of the Christians. And I'm telling you, if you want to study real history, it's because of the Baptists that the United States of America are what they are today. Absolutely so. We played a huge part in getting this country founded and getting it to where it is today because we weren't afraid to stand up. We weren't afraid to die. We weren't afraid to stand in the face of others and say, you're not right, and we're going to do what God would have us to do. And it's about time we got that spirit again. Somebody say amen. amen. It's about that time that we stood up again for the, for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And even anxious moments didn't cause them to change their direction. They saw these 800 Philistine soldiers. That didn't stop a Dino. I mean, he knew that doing the right thing was much more important than his own anxieties and troubles that were going in his head. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. We can draw strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. We can draw strength from our God. We can draw strength from Him to stand up and do the right thing if we are willing to do so, if we take the time to do so. I'm telling you, we need to decide that we're going to do what God would have us to do. We need to put aside our own feelings. We need to put aside our own fears and worries and cares. And we need to be moving forward as the army of the Lord. Absolutely so. But these men were determined to do what they were going to do. Everything that they did was for a purpose. They weren't, they, they, they didn't just want to row with the flow. They didn't want to just, you know, well, let's not stir up anything. Let's not cause any trouble along the way. No, no, no. They were willing to go against the current. They were willing to do whatever they needed to do to make sure that things were done correctly. And if we're ever going to make a difference in this world, we're going to have to decide to not just follow the crowd, not just follow the easy path, that we're going to do things the way that God would have us to do things. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, let's act like, act like Christians. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, let's go out and herald the truth of the Word of God. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, let's not be so encumbered with the cares of this life that we can't live the life that God would have us to live. 
If we're going to call ourselves Christians, let's act like Christians and look like Christians and talk like Christians and walk like Christians and live like Christians. If we're, going to, if we're going to call ourselves Christian, then let's be Christ-like. Let's do the things that God would have us to do. If we're going to make a difference in this world, we're going to have to change the way that we live. What is your purpose? No, I'm asking you, what is, what is your purpose? Romans chapter 14, verse number 7 says, for none, of us liveth, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. So for, for, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And boy, it would be real good if we started looking at ourselves like that again. Like what, preacher? That we're the Lord's. That we belong to him. That he is the one to direct our path. That he's the one we're supposed to live for. We wake up to talk to him. We talk to him before we go to bed. We talk to him throughout the whole day. We live the life that he wants us to live. We abstain from things that he wants us to abstain. We go forward in those places he wants us to go forward. We live the life that he wants us to live. We put our own cares and own feelings aside. And we do what God would have us to do. Come on, you want to make America great again? Stand up, stand, for, stand up for Jesus and be a soldier of the cross. Decide that your life lived for him is more important than your life lived any other way. Because see, what you do is going to affect others. Stay with me this morning. What you do is going to affect other people. The way you act at home is going to affect your kids whether you like to believe that or not. Uh, the way that you act at work will determine if someone else thinks what, what someone else thinks about Christians. I, I mean, the way that you act toward visitors here at Riverside Baptist Church will many, many times determine whether they're not even going to come back again or not. I'm telling you, what you do will affect other people. What you do will make a difference in what someone else does. Well, I just do what I want to do. That's your problem. I don't care what anybody thinks. That's another big problem you have. Because we should care. Absolutely so. We're influencing people either the right way or the wrong way. No, no. Well, well I'm just in the middle ground. There is no middle ground. No, we're, we're influencing one way or the other. And we need to determine we're going to influence the way that God would have us to do so. Absolutely so. You know, if you don't get saved, if you don't get saved, you'll not go to hell by yourself. Oh, no, 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 no. You'll take a loved one with you. We're going to either influence people the right way or the wrong way. You're not going to be rebelling against God all by yourself. No, no, you'll cause your children to follow you. Well, I'll tell my children different. Doesn't matter what you tell them. Matters how you live. Yes, sir. Doesn't matter what you tell them. Matters what you believe. Where do you stand? No, I'm asking you. Are you determined to do what it takes to do what God would have you to do? Because you have to determine to do it. Because all the forces of hell will fight against you. Oh, they'll disguise themselves as friends, as recreation, as fun things. No, these forces of hell, they, they don't come to us ugly and nasty and dirty all the time. Many times they come shiny. In the form of a man, in the form of a woman, even in the form of a friend at times. 
To keep you from doing what God would have you to do. Well, if I do this, then what are people going to think? Maybe they'll think you love God. Maybe they'll think that you believe God's more important than anybody else in the world. And and these these men, they they used what they had available. Their personal abilities. Of course, they used their swords. And they were willing to fight alone. I love it. They were willing to fight alone. If I have to fight alone, I'll fight alone. They were willing to fight alone. It didn't matter. Well, I can't, you know, but if I go that way, I mean, I mean, I mean, if I go that way, I mean, I may have to go all alone. Right. No, it's true. But if you're going God's way, you're going the right way. And if nobody else decides to go that way, at least you're doing the right thing. I'll say it again. If nobody else decides to go that way, you're doing the right thing. Just decide you're going to do what God would have you to do. They were willing to fight all alone. All of their associates, if you will, had fled. Verse number 9, verse number 11. And you may have to stand alone. Stay with me here. Stay with me. You may have to stand alone. You may have to stand alone at school. You may have to stand alone at work. You may have to stand alone at home. But it's the right thing to do. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And again, Jesus stood alone at Calvary for you. He was an example to us in everything that he did while he was here. Sometimes you may have to stand alone to do the right thing, but that's okay because you're never alone. He's with you. And he will help you and he will strengthen you and he will guide you. And he'll always be there for you. He'll never forsake you. He's never going to leave you alone. He'll be there. So these men made some decisions and then they were dedicated in their decisions. I mean, they had, they, these, these men had given themselves to follow David. They were David's mighty men. 1 Samuel chapter 22 and, and verse 2 says this, And everyone that was in distress, now listen to this, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became captive over them, captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. This group was representative, get this, of a person before salvation. Oh, I mean, preacher, distressed, discontent, in debt. Okay, let me back up one. Discontent. Everybody's looking for something. Everybody's looking for something to make them happy. Everybody's looking for something to fulfill them. Everybody's looking for something to make their life easier. Everybody's looking for something. I guarantee you. Everybody, no, no, no. People are discontent. Man, oh man. If I could just find that one person. If I could just find that one thing. If I could just find that. Uh, boy, I'm telling you something. I need something to help me. Let me tell you what to help you. Jesus. Amen. Jesus will help you. No, no, living for him will help you like nothing else will help you. I mean, he can give direction in life like nobody else can give direction in life. I mean, after all, he is the one that created you. He is the one that gave you life. He is the one that keeps your heart beating. He's the one that makes your brain work. He's the one. Oh, absolutely so. Yeah, yeah. You're discontented. I'm telling you, you can find everything you want right in Jesus Christ. He wants to help us. 
And these people were, they were grateful for what David had done for them. To the point, no, no, get this, get this. To the point that each of them were willing to die for his cause. They were willing to die for his cause. They were grateful. It's just a type of Christ. I mean, they were grateful. They, they, they made no plans for the future. Get this, they made no plans for the future but to follow him. Preacher, what am I supposed to do? Just follow God. Well, but that's hard. It is at times. But it's rewarding. And it's fulfilling. And it's what this country needs. No, I'm telling you, no, no, this country needs a bunch of God followers. It needs a bunch of people that are really in love with Jesus again. That's what this country needs. That's what will make this nation great again. That's what will help people to be what they should be for God. Absolutely. That's what will keep, mm, that's what will keep people humble. That's what will keep people at the feet of Jesus. That's what will keep people moving ahead in their Christian life. Falling in love with him again. They were grateful for what David had done for them. They were willing to die for the cause. They made no plans for the future but to follow him. Romans chapter 13 verse 14 says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. How about that? No, no, no. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't worry about all the other stuff. Okay. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Everybody wants things, don't they? Give me some more things. Give me a girl. Give me a boy. Give me, give me a big TV. Give me some more toys. Give me all these things. Man alive, preacher. We just want things. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Because I'm telling you, things are not important at all if you're not first seeking the kingdom of God. He's got to be first. If we're going to be what he would have us to be, he has to be first. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make not provision for the flesh. No, no, people, no, no, no. Christians say, well, I'm a Christian. Are you following the Lord? Well, I'm a Christian. I didn't ask that. Are you following the Lord? Are you sold out to him? Are you doing what God would have you to do? And these people, they didn't hang on to the past. Oh, no, no, they weren't hanging on to their past. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before. No, I'm saying they didn't hang on to the good old days. It wasn't all about the good old days. No, 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 no. Well, you know, no, 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 no. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So many believers today, listen to me, so many believers today cannot go forward in their Christian life because they refuse to let the old self die. That's good. They're always looking over their shoulder. Yep. You, you, the devil is so sly. He's so sly. <clears throat> because even if God saved you out of a wicked lifestyle, I'm telling you, the devil will hide all the bad stuff about that. When you look back, you just see the good old days. I'm telling you, there's nothing back there for you. We're to be moving forward. We're supposed to be letting God change our life. We're to be letting Him guide our every step. He is to be changing the way that we think. 
I mean, what a shame that they won't let the old life die and move forward. What a pity. What a tragedy. I mean, how much more could God do in their life if they just let it go? But they don't seem to realize how much God wants to use them if they would just let go of the past. God has a great future for you if you'll let go of the past. If you'll move forward, I just don't see how God can use me. I feel that way every day, but I just want to keep looking forward. I just want to keep moving forward. I know that I don't have anything to offer God, but this, and I'm telling you, I want him to have this to do with whatever he wants to do with. That's all he wants. He just wants you. Well, I don't have anything to offer God. You have you. Don't ever let the past be so dear that it sets limits to your future. Come on. Mercy. God has so much more for you. So much more. But these men were definite in their duties too. Because they took care of the little things. It talks about him being in the pea patch. In verse number 11 where we read there. The pea patch. Yeah, the lentils. Beans. 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 I'm telling you, you cook me up a you cook me up a big pot of brown beans with a bunch of ham in there, and then some cornbread. Mercy sakes, alive! That'd raise your spirituality right there. I promise you. He's defending his bean patch. Little things. A cup of water. David said, man, oh man, if I just had a cup of water. If I just, well, if I just had a cup of water. They took care of that for him. The little things. You Sunday school teachers that are in here, do the little things well. Care about the little things. You, you bus workers that are in here, thank God for you. Do the little things well. I had somebody send me a video this morning on, uh, from off the bus, and one of, the, one of the, the small children had memorized their verse. Hallelujah. Now, I was excited about it. Because they'd done the little things well. They cared about that person. They, they, no, no, they put time and energy and effort into that person. And who knows that God might not save that little kid and raise him up to be another Dodo the Aelhite going to fight for the right do little things well make sure you've prepared yourself to minister to other people make sure your heart is right your life is right contract contract contact every absentee somebody doesn't show up let them know you care that they didn't show up always be looking for no new prospects try to get people to jesus do little things well and you parents that are in here, you'd be good for taking an example, take, take, take an example of this. Do the little things well in training your children to love God. I'll say it again. Do the little things well in training your children to love God. Okay, I'm going to say it again now. <clears throat> well, preacher, I'm bringing them to church. There's more to it. There's more to it than that. So you bring them to church and they're here for a couple of hours on Sunday. Yes, we're just trying to teach. No, 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 no. You've got them for all those hour, other hours during the week. Well, it went over real good, didn't it? 
Do the little things well. Teach them to love God the way that they should. That's what's going to keep them going. That's what's going to keep them in the right. I mean, do the little things well. Absolutely so. You men that are here in Riverside Baptist Church, do the little things well. Get involved. Fellowship with others. Encourage other men. Do the little things well. Look, if you'll do the small things as if it were a great thing, God will let you do a great thing as it were a small thing. That's the way God works. Preacher, I can't do much. Do what you can. And God will bless you for it. Absolutely so. Do the small things. But these men were durable also because they wouldn't quit. Stay with me here. They wouldn't quit. They weren't going to quit. They weren't going to let anything make them quit. They weren't quitters. You, you know, to do the impossible for God only takes a little bit longer. But you have to fight the battles. You have to be willing to just, I mean, you're going to just stick with it. These men were on the road of no return. I'm headed for, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm going the way that God would have me to go. Nothing's going to sway me. Too many today are looking for a place to turn around. Looking for a place to make a U-turn. Looking for a way to get out of this, man. This is just too tough. I tell you, I think I'm just going to go back to the old life. Why? 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 No, no. In a time where we need strong Christians in the United States of America, why turn back? It makes no sense whatsoever. These men, they weren't weren't occupied by all the outside interest. Their focus was on what was right. And man, oh man, if we would just get our focus on what is right and keep our focus on what is right and keep doing what is right. Preacher, it's hard sometimes. You're not telling me anything. I don't know. Yes, it is. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. Come on. To see lives change. To see, mm, to be used by God in such a way that you can help somebody else keep their eyes on God. It's all worth it. It's worth it. Their focus was on right. They were dependable to the very end of this. David knew that they would finish what they had started. These were not a bunch of fly-by-night people. No, 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 no. I have seen way too many quit when they're right on the verge of victory. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on God. He's got something better than that for you. But these men were also very dogmatic on their beliefs. You know, we as Baptists are accused of the same thing. What do you mean, preacher? Oh, you know, you hear things like, well, you Baptists, you're just so narrow-minded. Don't you know this is the 21st century? I mean, you don't have to be so dogmatic about everything. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, no, no, yeah, we do. Why come? Because nobody else is being that way. Everybody else is just going the way of the ease, the easy way, take the easy road. Yeah, we do have to be that way. Adino said, this is a cause that's worth the fight. I mean, he lifted his sword to 800, 800 of, of the enemy. 800. Uh, okay, he, he was saying, I'll not change my doctrine. I'll not change my conviction. I will stand for what I believe. He was willing to fight because, well, because God is right and his word is true. And so I'll fight to the end. Whatever the end may be. I'm going to fight to the end. 
And then we think of Eleazar. He was dogmatic until his whole church left him. Well, the crowd, I guess. Everybody left. You talk about a church split. Man, he had one. Now, he was doing the right thing, and everybody just, he stood by all by himself. And he kept his hands on the sword. His hand claimed to the sword. We still have a sword. Sword of the Spirit right here. No, no, it's what the book of Hebrews says. Absolutely so. It's pretty sharp, too. Sometimes it just needs to be plunged deep. Sometimes we need to be cut. Sometimes we need to hear things that don't make us comfortable. His hand claved to the sword. And the Lord won a great victory because he was willing to fight for what was right. Because look, Eleazar, he could have compromised and said, you know, Come on, guys. Some of these Philistines, they're, they're really nice people. I mean, they're nice folks. Not like they're all bad. I mean, they can't be all bad. Come on. I'm, you know. I mean, we look, look, guys, don't you think we can coexist with these people? We can coexist with them. I mean, why don't we just let them join us? What we ought to do. Oh, I know they don't believe like us and don't think like us. But, well, you know, they're not bad people and all. I mean, you know, they don't believe exactly like we do. But... <laughs> You know, we just, you know, we just need to accept them because, I mean, after all, they are sincere, even though they're, you know. But I'm here to tell you this morning, that's a mistake. Okay, I lost a bunch of you, but that's a mistake. Uh, Well, aren't we supposed to coexist? Uh, No, not with people that don't believe the way that we believe. No, 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 no. You've read the New Testament, right? Churches all over our land are doing just this. And it's destroying their churches. They're doing it for the sake of having a crowd. We just want to have a crowd. And so we can do these different things. And if we compromise this area and we compromise that area, we can get a bigger crowd. Our, 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 word, our, our, our word of the week for camp is unified. Unify. Told the group last night as we, we uh, finished packing up and, and prayed about camp. The word for the week is unified. Something that is unified will not splinter. And a church that does not believe the doctrines of that Bible is apostate. And we're not supposed to coexist with them. Oh, I can hear it now. No, no, I can hear it. Oh, that's so mean. I can't believe this guy's just mean-spirited. I can't believe he didn't say anything like that. I mean, we're supposed to love people. Doesn't this preacher know we're supposed to love people? We do love people. Absolutely so. No, no, we love people. In fact, we love them enough to tell them the truth. We love them enough to stand firm on it. Come on, I'd be ashamed of myself if I didn't stand firm upon this Bible. If I couldn't bring myself to stand firm upon the Word of God, I'd just quit. We love people. We love them enough to tell them what God has to say. And then there was Shama, of course, and he stood. He stood, what the Bible says. 
You know, it takes courage to stand. Stay with me just a few more minutes. Come on, stay with me. It takes courage to stand. Everyone had left him. He was fighting all by himself. And when you look around and it seems like you're the only one that's left fighting, it takes courage to continue. Well, preacher, I'm trying to do right, but you know, but it just doesn't seem like people like that. Right. They don't. No, for the most part, they don't. I'm not just trying to be ugly toward anybody, but it's just a fact. I mean, they, they don't. See, when you start living right, it shows their wickedness. No, no, when you start doing right, then they get under conviction. And they don't want to be around that because they want to just do whatever they want to do. Well, it's getting awful quiet in here. But that's an absolute fact. Well, preacher, aren't we supposed to reach out to those people? Yes. But we're not supposed to live with them. Uh, live like them. We're not supposed to follow what they're doing. And if we have to stand alone, we have to stand alone. See, Solomon knew what was right in what he was doing. And Solomon had some intestinal fortitude. What's that? Guts. Yeah. He had some guts. Yeah. And he's willing to do whatever he had to do. And so he fought. And let me encourage you this morning. You can fight too. You can fight with the Word of God that backs up what you believe. You can fight with the power of prayer. You can fight with a clean life, living the life that God would want you to live. And he won. Because victory is in the Lord. Victory is in the Lord. Man, we decide we're going to stand alone and do what's right. And seek God. I guarantee you, He can give us victory like nobody else can give us victory. But we have to make the decision, just like these men made the decision, to do what they needed to do. And when they did it, man, God, well, He won a great victory. See, what we as Baptists stand for is the very heart of fundamentalism. We stand for what is right in this book. The verbal inspiration of the scriptures, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the sinlessness of Christ, salvation by grace through faith, baptism by immersion only, local church only, there's no universal church, King James Bible only, priesthood of the believer. And somebody asked, well, come on, preacher, can't we just let up just a little bit? Can't we just let up just a little bit and not be so controversial all the time? Not and still be in line with the Bible. This isn't a social club. This is God's church. It's God's church. We have to let him dictate what we do and what we're not going to do. We, let, we have to allow him to guide us in everything that we do. We want to stay in line with the word of God. Okay, come, come on. Okay, then think about this. Let's, let's, let's take the sports. Uh, let's take the sport of football or baseball, basketball, whatever. Hey, each of these are played with a ball. They're all played with a ball. Every one of them played with the ball. And the object of each game is to score more points than the opponent. No, no, really, there are winners and there are losers. I know that's not popular in the day we live in, but there are winners and there are losers. Not everybody gets a ribbon. Don't get me started on that. 
And it sounds like these sports are a lot alike. I mean, they all played with a ball and they're all trying to win along the way. But they are different as night and day. So suppose that in a baseball game, a baseball game, some of the players decide that they're going to use the rules of football. That'd make an exciting baseball game, I guarantee you. Yeah, my father-in-law says watching baseball is about as exciting as watching milk curdle or something along those lines. So they're going to use the rules of football. So we have the second baseman tackling the runner that comes at him. That's awesome. No, and so they decide to do something like that. So chaos is going to develop, absolutely, uh, absolutely so. Fights are going to break out. Tempers are going to soar. I mean, in a few minutes, the game's going to be completely out of hand because they're not using the right rules for the game. I am here to tell you this morning that the same thing is going to result if we try to bring all religions together. <clears throat> We're not going to compromise on this book. We're not going to compromise. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be ugly. Nothing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be obnoxious. Nothing. No, no, no. We're going to stand firm on this. On this. This is what guides us. This is what tells us what we're supposed to be, what we're not supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. This is our guidebook. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible has to be the final authority. Not some creed. Not some practice. It's thus saith the Lord. And that's why we have to be dogmatic in our doctrine. And that's why anybody that's coming from another denomination must agree to Baptist baptism and, and doctrine to be a member of this church. Come on, they're, they're coming to join us. We're not joining them. And again, I'm not trying to be ugly. I mean, this is what we believe. This is what we believe because it's what the Bible teaches. It's, it's what... And I said it the other night, but it's worth repeating. We're not going to go in the way of the progressives either. No, no, no. We're we're an old-fashioned, independent Baptist church. Baptist. Capital B, capital A, capital P, capital T, capital I, capital S, capital T. I'm a Baptist. And I'm not ashamed of it whatsoever. Not at all. No, no, no. We are sin-hating, hell-fighting, mission-minded, separated, Bible-believing, praying, premillennial, so conscious, hymn-singing Baptist church. We're not going to take on the music of this world and try to mix it with the old hymns that we have in that book. We're not going to try, we're not going to, we are not going to make this platform into some kind of stage to perform. This is not a performance. What we do up here, everything that we do is unto the Lord. We're not going to, you're not going to ever, no, 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 we're not going to be setting, we're not going to be setting the mood with some mood lighting that looks like it came from some nightclub. We're not going to do that. We're not going to take on the ways of this world to draw people in here. No, no, no. We're just going to keep preaching and teaching the Bible. We're not going to change the way that we, we're not going to change the way that we believe just because it's not politically correct. We are going to remain biblically correct. We ain't changing. We ain't changing. We're going to keep going the way that God would have us go. Well, how come? Because it's what made this nation great. And it's what's going to make this nation great again. If people will stand up for it. Absolutely so. But let me finish with this. Because see, there are some people that are destined for doom without a redeemer. They're out there. Each of David's mighty men, they were destined for doom had it not been for David. 
I read it before, and everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became their captain. It's a picture of a type of Jesus Christ. And today, as I stand here before you, I see a room full of people who were all destined for doom without a Savior before they met Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. There is coming a judgment day. People that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ will stand at the great white throne judgment one day and be judged for every sin they've ever committed and then cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and ever. I don't say it with any joy in my heart whatsoever. It's the absolute truth. It's the truth. It's so important that people come to know Christ as their Savior. Revelation 20, 15, and, and, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We must come to know Christ as our Savior. John chapter 3 and verse number 18, the Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You can't judge me. I'm not trying to judge anybody. We have a judge. He's high and holy. And whether people want to believe it or not, one day he will judge. It will happen. If you sit in here today unsaved, I'm telling you, you are headed for doom. You are headed for hell. Again, I say that with no, I say it with no joy in my heart whatsoever. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. I can't believe you're telling me I'm going to hell. If you don't know Christ, you're going to hell. I'm just trying to warn you. Man, oh man, oh man, if a, if a bridge was out and I discovered that and I had something to, I, I had some type of light where I could keep people from co- coming to that bridge and going over that bridge and falling into a crevice and I didn't stand there and warn people, I'd be plumb ashamed of myself. Well, we need to be just as ashamed as Christians when we know that people are going to die and go to hell if they don't know Christ. I mean, what in the world? Why aren't we warning people? I want to warn people, Brother Joe. And by the way, you'll not escape that. Because what the Bible says is that condemnation is upon your head. You're already condemned. And judgment's going to befall you. But if you're here like that this morning, it's no mistake that you're here. What you need to do is you need to come and get it settled before it's too late. And we want to give you an opportunity to do that. For us that are saved, and we want to make America great again, I love our country, then let's get back to the truth of this old Bible. And let's stand strong as one people in unity. When we get saved by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in us. He's the one that moved men in time past to pin down this book. The Holy Ghost of God. He lives in us if we're saved by God's grace. You know, it's an amazing thing. 
a bunch of saved people get to reading and studying the Bible and it's like, wow, we all believe the same thing. Unless we rebel against God. Well, I don't know if I believe that part. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. You got all these other believers saying, man, that's the word of God. We believe that, but it's different for you. No, it's not different for you. This book, when read and practiced, makes us unified. Okay, I'm going to quit. This Bible right here made me a Baptist. Oh, it made me a Baptist. This Bible made me a Baptist. I, I didn't join a Baptist church after I got saved. I joined another denomination. But this book, this book, this one, this old King James Bible, it made me a Baptist. Because every word in it's true. We can trust it. It will guide us. It will show us the truth. It will tell us how to live. And it will tell us how to, it will tell us how to stand. And it will tell us how to fight. And we can be victorious if we're following it. Let's make America great again. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. You've been so patient and attentive. Thank you for that. Appreciate it very much. Could be that God spoke to your heart. You have a need just to be strong. I want to give you a time that, we, that you can come and just talk to the Lord about that. Lord, I need some strength from you to stand. To stand for what is right. To live the way that you would have me to live no matter how everybody else is living. I want to do what's right. Really doesn't matter what everybody else thinks, what everybody else does. I want to do what you would have me to do, Lord. What you would have me to do. God, I know I need to be telling people about Jesus. I know I do. Would you give me the wherewithal, the boldness to speak up, to go out, to be a voice for you? whatever your need is, to be strong and to stand for what is right. God has what it takes that we will allow you to be so. If you'll just seek Him and ask Him. If you're determined to follow Him. He can do it through you, for you. You're here this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Boy, I'd sure like to pray for you this morning. Would you allow me to do that by just raising your hand wherever you're at? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I know Christ. I'm not sure my, my sins are forgiven. I'm just not sure I'm saved. Would you please pray for me? Would you just, just slip up your hand wherever you're at? I'm, I'm not, I won't point you out. I'm not going to come to you. Just would like to pray for you. Preacher, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saved. I need Christ as my Savior. You're here like that this morning. Let me pray for you, would you? I see your hand. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Appreciate that. Appreciate your honesty. Others, anybody else? I just want to. I just want to pray for you. Would you let me do that, preacher? I'm just. I'm. I don't know Christ, but I. I'd sure like to. Others. Anyone. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for you, first and foremost, that you're always there for us, that you guide us by your word, by your spirit.
and that you can strengthen us and give us victory if we'll just stand, do things your way. If we're willing to fight for what is right. If we're not so concerned about just following the crowd and being one of the normal. But Lord, we, we decide we want to stand for you. That we want to live our life for you. That we want to be the light that we should be as we're here on earth. Father, I pray. I don't know how you've spoken to hearts. Some have already come to the altar. Some are praying. I just ask that at this invitation time that we would determine, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to do what the Lord would have me to do, no matter what everybody else does. Help people take a stand today. Make that decision today. And then for those that raised their hand about salvation, Lord, we'd love an opportunity to show them how they can have that settled. And I pray that they would even come this morning, that they would step out. And we can have someone take them aside and show them how they can get that all settled. So very important that it's settled. And I pray, dear God, that uh, you would move and that you would help them to come to that saving knowledge of Christ even today. Thank you for your goodness to us. We ask that you bless this time of invitation. And we ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet, our heads bowed, our eyes closed. For a moment, piano's going to play.